are now listening to Shy Sox Weekly, hosted by Tony Marchese and John Suarez. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning back into Shy Sox Weekly, episode 28. I am John Suarez, joined with my co-host Tony Marchese and Johnny Nani. How are we doing today, guys? What's up? Doing pretty good. Not much. All right. Uh, We got a big episode for you guys today. We have White Sox Dave from Barstool Sports is going to be coming on for his second appearance on Shy Sox Weekly. Uh, We're very excited to have Dave on. Obviously, there is a ton to talk about. Um, Since we have last spoke, Avi Garcia is 100% no more. Um, Sox Fest is right around the corner. That is going to be next weekend. Manny Machado rumors heating up. Much, much more. Other than that, how you guys been since we last spoke? Not too bad. I mean, things could be better. What a shit show Twitter was today. I don't know if God. you guys were following that. It was more I like wasn't. a war more like a war zone, Tony. Yeah. I was not following. I was at work. Um I caught up a little bit when I got off work, but it basically seemed like a bunch of hearsay from basically every fucking national beat writer there is. Not everyone. Obviously, like the trusted guys didn't really open up their mouths, but uh Manny Machado's agent finally uh finally spoke up on the situation of all these white Sox rumors that have been going on and uh things got kind of ugly yeah yeah it did get ugly um i'm excited to hear uh dave's take on this because he had blogged it earlier in the day um he's got a nice little video that he posted in response to all that um so we'll get him to open up some more about that and um yeah he's definitely someone you want to talk to about this kind of stuff so yeah, and I'm I'm pretty curious what he has to say because that blog I'm pretty sure came out a little bit before Machado's agent came out with that statement. So uh, we should be able to get a pretty decent response from him on what he feels about all that. So pretty excited. Yeah. So other than that, um, to kind of catch you guys up, uh, briefly bring up Shy Sox Shonda's dish of the week. Um, oh boy! This week, this week. I actually uh, made teriyaki sauce for the first time, and it was fucking gas. And I uh, had some teriyaki chicken and went back to the chow mein because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I asked my girlfriend what she wanted to eat, and she actually said chow mein. So I had to build the dish from chow mein. So if you're a good cook, you can do that. Uh, Shy Sox Janda, clearly proven good cook. So uh, that was pretty good. I'm pretty sure I sent you a picture. I don't remember if I sent you a picture or not, but that was really, really good. Um, hold the phone. Hold the phone. Okay. So three days ago, I got a message from Bidon, Jisex Janda's brother. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and um, he sent me this on Sunday morning, like 8.45 a.m. I forgot about this. And I don't think I've told anybody about this yet. I've been saving this one up. So the message is, I come home at 3 a.m. to the whole building up in smoke. And I walk in the apartment, and John had forgot to take the chicken nuggets out of the oven and went to bed. And I have a picture <laughs> of the move. chicken nuggets that are burnt to, to fucking crisp. They're, I mean, they're black, charred, burnt chicken nuggets. The and chicken nuggets let, were a DOA. Yeah, they he wanted to let everybody know that that was Shy Sox John does Dish of the Week. Uh, John, what happened there? 
Um, Shy Sox Janda went out for the uh, Cowboys and Rams game because my dad is like the world's biggest fucking Los Angeles Rams fan. So uh, a little 108ing occurred. Um, I got home. I was very hungry, as one would be after a night of consuming beers. Didn't have Modelo, so it was Corona. Um, and yeah, so I put a lot of fucking chicken nuggets. It was at least 15 chicken nuggets on like a pizza tray. I'm sure you got the picture pulled up side by side right now. Yeah, I'm counting the nuggets. Uh, I'm like, I'm like a pizza tray. I was probably pretty close. I was fat. I just took handfuls and just threw them on there and then spread it out. And, uh, let's just say I was up for like, I remember, okay. So I remember putting them in and I remember sitting there and being like, damn, those chicken nuggets are probably done looking at my phone and seeing like four minutes. And I was like, all right, we're good. Somewhere in that four minutes, I passed the fuck out, and I woke up to my brother going, "What's on the What's on the oven? Are those cookies?" Or <laughs> they were so fucking burnt that nobody knew what the fuck they were, dude. He had no idea that they were chicken nuggets. So, yeah, that definitely. You were happened. close. There were sixteen of them. Was I? Oh, yes. Yeah. Sixteen chicken nuggets. Big big dogs gotta <laughs> eat, baby. I was prepping myself for the hot dog the hot dog challenge this summer, so. Yeah, we got to um, talk a little bit about thing. that. That's another thing that happened. The White Sox did release their promotion schedule. Um, notably, Dollar Dog Wednesdays are back for the third fucking season, baby. No matter if they get Machado or Harper, um, they're back for at least this year. But honestly, they'll probably this will probably be the last year of Dollar Dog Wednesdays. Let's be real. So why do you think that signing? Games. Why do you think that signing a big free agent excludes them from doing Dollar Dog Day? I just feel like that's not going to be a promotion that they're going to run once we start putting more money into all these players. Yeah, but I think people people talk love their hot dogs for a dollar on Wednesdays. I mean, I would think that like the one away or somebody would be able to pull enough strings to make it stay. You know, I mean, there's that other guy from New Socks Order, uh, Johnny. Have you met that like Ike guy who like eats like yeah. thirty hot dogs per game? Oh shit! I mean. There's competition. Yeah, there's people out there who would who would riot if they took out Dollar Dog Wednesday. Well, we're gonna get a cameraman and everything for when I do this. Yeah. It's gonna be about but, as official as it gets. I think uh, we're gonna have to have a competition then, because Kinsler can throw him down pretty well. Our blogger Andrew Kinsler. Um, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, but he, he used to throw down. I think he put down eight was his max um, last year, but he definitely could have gone more. So we're gonna have to have a Janda versus Kinsler. Um, hot dog showdown on a Wednesday at the ballpark this year. 100% there. Sounds like a plan. I know uh, Billy Raffeld wants to get in on this, and uh, I'm pretty sure SM Buzz Guy also said that he wanted to participate in some sort of hot dog eating 999 challenge or something along those sorts. Um, so, John, are you? what's your training going to look like over the next month and a half here? You get ready for April. So uh, Not that it's going to be actually... in April, but you got to be ready. I actually haven't eaten a hot dog since that day. Um, so we're doing the old uh, just eat whatever the fuck I can that isn't a hot dog right now. Uh, I have had bagel dogs since. I had bagel dogs not too long ago because those are delicious. But I'm honestly kind of scarred. So we're going to have to uh, work our way back because I had the worst fucking stomach ache of my life after that day. But I also ate a lot of other food too. So we're going to figure it out. They were not Vienna dogs. I'm pretty sure the Sox have Vienna. Or no, dollar dogs are not Vienna dogs. We'll have to figure that out. <laughs> but I'll be all right. You should be training on what you're going to be, you know, using in game. So 
Well, I'm going to start yourself, cracking eggs ready. just straight into my mouth uh, starting tomorrow. Fuck it. So aside from that, let's go ahead and let's get our guest on. Well, he is All the right. 999 Challenge champion uh, of last year. So uh, what a fitting way to bring him in. All right, everybody. That is going to bring us to our special guest, White Sox Dave of Barstool Sports. Dave, thank you so much for joining us again. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Doing good. Not yeah, too bad. Good. Good. Right. You guys are hanging in there. We're trying. Our... We're trying to hang in there. Crazy day. It's been a little rough. A couple sleepless nights, but we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. You got to be on the home stretch. Well, you'd think it'd so, be the home uh, stretch, man. I mean, we're about a month away from spring training. When are when are, when are one of these guys gonna fucking sign? I mean, I like every every morning I will. I wake up and I think to myself, like, all right, today's the day. Last week, I was, like, pretty sure I was, like, positive it was going to happen this week. And now, after all the shit that happened today, I don't think it's going to happen for maybe as much as maybe, like, into spring training, like a month into spring training. So I have no idea what's going on. There's rumors galore, and I'm just ready for it to end. It's so exhausting. It's just... It's stressful. I want it to end. I want to stop being the loser organization. And like I, I just can't do it anymore. I'm not mentally tough enough for it. Yeah, so you said it was crazy today. Uh, let's just talk through a couple of these rumors. What kind of kicked it all off was Sunday night. Uh, Jeff Bassan of ESPN reported the White Sox offered Machado an eight-year deal uh, that could possibly go longer. And uh, Hector Gomez confirmed it, uh, said the offer was around uh 250 million in that uh ballpark range so that kind of got everybody uh kind of hyped they're like oh okay this is legit um there's actually a dollar sign on it so uh just take it from there what what were your thoughts sunday night and then obviously it's been flipped on its head today but so i was told through my channels about i don't know 10 week 10 days to two weeks ago or so that it there was a seven-year offer on the table for machado I don't know the dollar figure. I don't know any of that. That, that just that it was seven years, and people originally were freaking out about that. And I didn't like. I didn't run with that info or anything because I don't. I don't want to piss people off in the organization. But um, once that info did get out, I, and I could confirm it, I'm like, yeah, it's seven years. That's what is on the table right now. People are freaking out because they think that that's a lowball offer. That that's like insulting to Manny Machado. And I'm like, no, it's not like if they don't have to go to 10 years and 350 million, why would they? So, so I, like, I, I never cared about that. And I assumed that if need be, they would be willing to go to eight years, nine years, 10 years, et cetera, et cetera, for whatever dollar amount. And people said that I said that it was for 35 million a year. That was just a complete guess on my end because it makes sense because I'm sure Lozano is trying to get Machado the record for annual average value for his client. So I was like trying to put two and two together. I know it's seven years. I know it's uh, like figure about $35 million, which would be the record. I did the math and that comes out to $210 million or $220, whatever the number is. So I'm like, okay, well, that's a high offer. Why would they go above that if they don't have to? If that's the best offer, if the Yankees are only offering five years, $25 million, if the Phillies are in on on Harper this year and Trout in two years, they're not going to be dropping, you know, 
1.2 billion on their outfield alone. Like that doesn't make sense. So I'm like, oh, this is good. Like the White Sox have the best offer. They can amend it if need be, and like let's make this happen. And then uh, when Passan and Gomez's info leaked, I was like, okay, well this might actually. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll walk it back. This probably is true, but that's the last thing on earth the White Sox want to get out because, I mean, that, you know, it adds a year, it adds money to what they don't have to pay. So I I, I, I don't think that Hector Gomez, and especially Jefferson, because we know Jefferson in the States, I don't think they have any scratch in the game. Like, they're not, they're not talking to people in the organization and getting used to drive leverage. So I kind of, I mean, without confirming on with my people, I took what they said as not gospel, but I believe them. And at the same time, I do believe what Nightingale, what Olney, what Levine, I believe everything they were, they were told. They're reporting what they heard, but they're being used. 100,000% they're being used. So that's where we're kind of at today three days later or whatever, that there's $175 million. That is not the case whatsoever. If they had a, only seven years, 175 on the table, he'd be a New York Yankee right now. Without question, they'd be like, oh, okay, we're getting this player at beyond, you know, beyond cheap compared to what we thought we would have to pay for him just a couple of weeks ago and when free agency started at the end of October after the World Series. So, um, I don't know where the info came from. It's a bullshit number, but I do believe those guys were told that, but they were being used by somebody. So that's where the shit storm is at right now. It's 76 days. If I recall correctly into free agency. So it's holding up the whole market. Like, you know, guys like AJ Pollock aren't going to sign, um, you know, Dallas Keuchel, p- people don't know if they want to drop money on a pitcher yet. I mean, Keuchel might sign for fucking $30 million at this point. So it's holding everything up. It's ridiculous. It's exhausting. And I, I, I'm not enjoying this at all. It's not fun. Look at some of these guys that signed early, Dave. Do you think they were the real winners of this free agency? Oh, without question. I, I think if the Sox could do it over, they, they wouldn't have signed uh, Herrera a couple weeks ago. Because I bet they could get him for half the cost they got him for. I mean, he's coming off injuries. He's a little older. There's a lot of mileage on his arm. I wouldn't be surprised if they could get for him for exactly half of what they paid for him. So, yes, um, without question, Corbin, right now, if he were to sign, he's not getting close to it. What, what did he end up getting, 125 or something? Yeah, it was like $600, I, I don't think he would have gotten that. So, yes, to answer your question, absolutely. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of how I felt, especially even like the McCutcheon deal. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised that some of those guys got got offers that early and, and signed and locked up. I'm assuming that most teams thought that the Machado Harper sweepstakes was coming to an end, and we're just trying to solidify, especially the, the Phillies. Right. Exactly. Yes. For sure. Um, and yeah, I completely forgot that um, they added uh, McCutcheon, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Like, so they've already put a fucking ton of money into free agency. They're they're at like 115 million right now. Um, Did they, they sign Gene Segura as well? Uh, traded from a trade. Traded for him. Yeah. Yeah, traded for him. Um, 
And yeah, if they're going to add both these guys, that's going to be probably about seventy million. They're going to be right up against the luxury tax. So, I mean, I don't know. I I just I have no idea what's going on right now. Today today was an ugly day for I think all parties involved, the Sox included. Um, they look bad. Lozano looks bad. Phillies look bad. The Yankees are kind of outliers. I mean, they probably have some, you know, sleazy little part in this. So I don't, I don't know. It's just bad. So you had mentioned that Lozano looks bad, and obviously he had that release today. So I kind of am trying to make sense of that. Did he, like, just go and have that conference because of the rumors today, or was that, like, an already scheduled conference? No. I, I, I don't know if it was, like, a scheduled conference or not, but – Thing they said it was a press I've release. Never seen, I mean, they had the Terrell Owens agent. What's his name? Uh, Rosenhaus. He had that freak out like 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. I've never seen an agent really do that before. Yeah, yeah. like he he called people out by name, by name. which I thought by was name. interesting. Yeah. Right. And what I think, all right, there's a couple different ways this could go. One, he knows that his client, who's one of the best free agents ever in the history of the game. His market is so small that he's kind of trying to save face, say, okay, right now, maybe say, say hypothetically it is $175 million on the table for him. If he goes out and ends up signing a $250 million deal, which is what Passan said, then he just got his client an extra $75 million. Or um, he's calling out the White Sox saying, hey, assholes, stop trying to do this. This isn't how it works. Like, you don't, don't do that. This isn't, this isn't right. Like, it's against the rules. Literally, it's against CBA, which I didn't know even. I didn't or, until today either. Or, uh, you know, a long shot theory is that Boris is behind all of this and making everybody look bad so he can go to the Phillies and be like, hey, man, like – you want you want Harper? Here here's what you got for Harper. Look at look at how much you're gonna get from other teams. Like you thought, you know, six months ago you were gonna have to pay four hundred million for him. Give me three fifty, three twenty five, whatever it is, and we'll call it a day. So I don't know. It, it's all just crazy to me right now. That yeah, was my so, thing. Oh, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry, I was just gonna say that kind of brought up what since uh, John <laughs> talked about. Um, Lozano naming names in that report, which, you know, is kind of shocking on our front here. Um, I just kind of want to get to, like, who do you trust? Because I want to throw out just a couple names that I trust just based on history and whatever. One would be Rosenthal, who has interestingly mm-hmm. been silent through all of this. Two would probably be Heyman, who also hasn't really commented on these ones specifically, and except to correct things. Um, and then probably Passan. So that's why I kind of... Like you said, not took it as gospel, but I believed them or Passan when he had said that. Yeah. So I just want to get your take on that. Um, Rosenthal, I think, is the best at what he does in all the sports. I mean, I don't really follow the NBA or. The most high. I, I yeah, he he's the best in what he does at all sports. He he's not used as a mouthpiece by agents or organizations. What he says goes, and he's never wrong. So if he came out today and said no one knows it's on the table. And that that was always – I didn't know that for absolute fact, but being so close to everything that's going on as a fan and knowing a little bit of inside info, 
I I knew that without fully knowing it that nobody actually knows the offer. Nobody knows what it is other than it's seven years, which I do know. So him, Heyman apparently is Boris's guy. Maybe he is to some degree, not a large one. But yeah, he is also trustworthy. If if he says, you know, if he breaks something, it's it's true. Um then who is the Passan. He he's on the same. I'd say he's probably number two behind Rosenthal. Completely trustworthy, good at what he does. He's not like Joel Sherman or someone who is trying to hide his fandom as a journalist. Um, Passan Passan's great. Um, I thought it was interesting. Sorry to cut you off, but I thought it was interesting to co- go back to the Lozano um, quote from the press release. He didn't mention Passan at all, but he mentioned Buster Olney and uh, Nightingale specifically after the seven-year. Right, yes. Right. But he never said anything about Passan, who had mentioned the eight-year deal. I think so I thought that, that was interesting, too. may have been kind of, like, subtly intentional because why would he say 250 is not on the table? Because exactly. well, that would be by far and away the best number on the table, you know, if we're putting the puzzle together. Um, but I think he was speaking – to the industry as a whole and those guys were so far off in what they reported that he had to put his foot down and they were the sacrificial lens when he did so so you kind of mentioned a little bit here um what are the ramifications for the white Sox organization if that was actually their offer 175 i would personally make it a, a vendetta of mine and i would raise hell mm-hmm. if if all right i know I'll, I'll walk that back too if that's the highest offer, and that is what they have, that's what they like need to be at right now. Then that's fine. But if he signs for say two fifty, and we find out that's the offer, I will. I won't go to a game this entire year. I don't give a shit if it's opening day, if it's fucking Hawaiian shirt day. I will burn that place to the fucking ground. Just so boycott the G spot. Boycott. We'll we'll tailgate and everything. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, there we we'll go. Always crush that. Yeah, we'll crush that. I won't step foot in the stadium, and I will raise hell. And I think they know. Like, all right, think of it this way: the White Sox need Manny Machado much more than Manny Machado needs the White Sox. I know he like wants to go to the highest bidder, but at the same time, when you're thinking about it, what's the difference between 150 million dollars and 175 million dollars? I mean, you're you're already fuck you rich anyways. So why not go to the Yankees? They're they're primed to make a World Series run for the next decade, you know. The White Sox don't have that face of the organization. Maybe you know Kopech or Mikata or Eloy turns into that, but Machado would be that the moment he signs the dotted line. So, like I they they can't fuck this up. They cannot fuck this up unless someone like blows the doors off, like the Phillies spend their stupid money quote on. Harper and Machado and give them both like billion dollar deals or whatever. I can live with that. But if they, if I find out they cheaped out, like it's game over game over. Are you saying Dave, that if you find out they cheaped out, you're going to let everybody know. Oh yeah. One, 1000%. I'll, I'll burn every bridge I have. I don't care. I'm a fan before I'm, you know, a white Sox blogger and like, all right. So since I've started Barstool, the Cubs have had success. The Bears just had success. We made a lot of money off of them. 
The Blackhawks had three Stanley Cups. We made a fuck ton of money off them. Not us personally because we weren't full-time then. White Sox, I've had to, like, I've I've covered nothing but dog shit team after dog shit team. So I need it for my professional life at this point because they're going to be putting money in my pocket, like, indirectly. So if they fuck this up, I will I will burn it to the ground. It will be scorched earth. You heard it yeah. here first. Yeah, right. Well, no, yeah, I mean that. I mean that's we run a White Sox podcast. I mean it's the same thing for us. We only benefit as bloggers, no, podcasters, yeah, no everything from a good team, a good product on the field. Right. Like no one wants to listen. And no offense to you guys, this works for all of us who are doing this. No one wants to listen to White Sox talk when they're winning sixty-five games a year. Oh, we know. I don't even really yeah, care no, about know. it. You know, <laughs> if, if the Sox are, if the Sox are, you know. You know, regularly competitive, or when they were, I should say. Like, you know, back when I was in college, they went to the playoffs in 2008. I lived and breathed with every game. Regular season could have been a random Tuesday night game. If they lost that game, I couldn't watch Sports Center the next day. I couldn't read the internet. Couldn't do any of that. Now it's just they lose, and it's just like oh, whatever. You know? Yeah, so that's not I, the that's not the type of feeling you want to have. No, exactly. I want to have that emotional and debt indebtment to the team where I do care. But right now, like, I care about what they can be. And if money's the reason they get in the way, after telling us, like, Rick Hahn said it to my face, money will not be an issue. We might not get these guys because we're a 62-win team last year, which I completely get for the players, but money won't be the issue. They don't come here. And if it's $175 million on the table for one of the best free agents ever, and he ends up signing for 250 which is still – absolutely lower than everything everything that like fans and the internet and everything else projected him to actually sign for this winter like i'll fucking go crazy i'll go crazy you know did we get numbers on the new tv deal i'm not sure if anybody has those idea it's i'm guessing hundreds of millions right i mean it has to be I mean, and, it's not going to be it's not going to be Cubs money that they're going to get out of whatever they're no, doing. No, of course not. But, but I mean, Comcast is nothing to fuck with either. Yeah, and they, the Cubs announced what they're doing. Not that I care. I just thought it was interesting that they're breaking off to their own. They're going to have like the Yankees have Yes Network out in New York, where it's they stream really? like ninety five percent of. It's the Yankees entertainment and sports or something. Yeah, the, yes the fucking Nets and the Yankees play on it, and that's a. It's, only the it's only the Yankees. The Mets don't plan it. So oh, no, I said that I said the Nets, like the Brooklyn. Oh Nets. yeah, I they, yeah. They might. I think they do. They, they might. might. Yeah. So they they get all the revenue from that, and they don't share it with anybody. Yeah. But, the the one interesting thing about that NBC deal though is, um, you know, Reinsdorf has two stakes in that because that's the Bulls, Blackhawks, and White Sox. So right. obviously he's pulling mm-hmm. from both Bulls and White Sox there. So that could be something that um you know helps helps us out in our situation you know even if it's not directly from all white socks yeah yeah exactly so they're going to be pulling from three teams so they're going to be making a pretty penny off of it and that's what i was kind of getting after is i mean we just had a a tv deal announcement and you know you're looking at and i want to preface that dave and you kind of mentioned why bid ahead of yourself if you don't have to so if 175 is the only thing that's on the table and there really are no other offers out there for Manny Machado, that's fine. But they need to answer the fucking bell if it goes to 250. I think that's where you're going with this. Exactly. They they need they need to be the high bidder almost regardless. 
And even like, and, and we're talking about not outbidding themselves, but at the same time, they had to have known going into this winter that to convince Bryce Harper and Manny Machado to come to a 62 win team that, you know, it, the future does look good, but it's not guaranteed. So, I mean, what if Makata stinks like he did last year? I mean, I don't think he stunk, stunk, but he wasn't, you know, Ronald Acuna right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, he wasn't the star that we needed him to be. What if he right was super marketable? What if Kopech doesn't bounce back from his Tommy John? What if Giolito doesn't take the next step? You don't know that the future is going to be good. It could be really good if these guys all hit their ceilings, you know, but that's not guaranteed. So they're going to – they were had to have entered this offseason – knowing they were going to have to probably outbid by a decent amount the other teams to convince these guys to go there. So that's a question that I do want to ask you is entering this offseason, we have seen them kind of cut a little bit of the slack, getting rid of Matt Davidson, which I I mean kind of saw coming. Uh, what do you really think like their like plan is going into 2019? I mean, I think that if they do land Machado, they're going to – they're going to try to win. But if they don't, it'll be more of 2017, 2018, you know, letting these young guys matriculate through the system. But um, I was told that this is kind of going back to the TV question that Comcast told Reinsdorf, like, hey, you need a star on this team. So apparently he does know that. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and – um, say he does put his money where his mouth is. I mean, he's what, like 83 or whatever? Like, what the fuck does he have to cling on to? So I think he does end up wrapping it up, but the way he's, the way the media is portraying how he's going about it, I don't particularly like right now. So say he does land one of those guys, I mean, who knows? Maybe they do go after a Pollock or a Keiko or you know, someone to like uh, Wade Miley or someone like that who had a decent year. But, I mean, I just don't know at this point. I'm broken. I'm really broken. Aww. Yeah, Dave. We're so, broken with you, Dave. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough spot for all of us right now because we're basically, we don't have baseball to watch. So we're just living and dying by these rumors. Um, but one thing that when you were responding to all of these, because obviously you get a lot of attention on Twitter, people tagging you, asking for your thoughts. Um, one thing that you responded with and also put in your blog that you put out today was the video of Rick Hahn explaining. Can you kind of break that down for someone who may, may not have seen it? I'm sure it's been floating around enough, but um, just explain the significance of that and what he actually like was talking about bullet points in that one. So obviously I operate independently from like newspapers and, you know, but you guys all report it's, it's unfiltered. Like I can, I can ask the hard hitting questions that maybe some people are afraid to ask. So I wanted to, I wanted it. And I, w I wasn't the one who filmed that or anything that was sent to me. Um, it was a seminar. Chuck Garfine had it at a bar on the South side and Han was there. I went, I went and they're like, all right, we'll ask, have some fans ask questions. I'm like, Oh, I want, I want to hear this. Like I want this on the record. I'm like, is money going to be the issue? Now that you guys have literally zero payroll commitments moving forward. And he said it. He's like, I can't guarantee we're going to land them, but we're going to go down swinging. And at this point with how the market has kind of, I don't want to say collapsed, but worked itself out. It's a, I, it, all right. If you would have told me in 
you know, July or August that there was only going to be two teams in the race for uh, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado right now, I would have said you're fucking crazy. I would have said 10 teams are going to be lining up for these guys. It's going to be, you know, $300 million plus offer 10 years for by many teams on these guys. It turns out it's only two. So now on Tate, Raycon, who has been nothing but good to me, nothing but good to me. I owe the guy my, the world. He is on record as saying money's not going to be the issue. And now there's no excuse for them not to land one of these guys. I don't, I, Harper's, I think, a pipe dream because I think he's, he wants to stay out east on, you know, familiar with the division. But Manny Machado, there's literally no excuse. There's no excuse whatsoever. So it's time to put up or shut up, you know? Well, and Rick Hunt even, uh, he did a press conference, I think it was last week. Uh, you look at the acquisitions of John Jay, Yonder Alonso, and I, I'd like to think it was a bullshit answer that he gave yeah, that was bullshit. To, to save face for, for both of those guys' careers. But, um, I mean, the reason that they signed those was to make year one a little bit more attractive to Machado. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Can, yeah. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Um, I mean, I, I got friends outside of, like the profession that that um, have worked with Yonder Alonso, and they're like, dude, you don't understand how close those two are. Like they're as close as two people who are not blood related can get. Like they they are brothers without technically being brothers. So that was absolutely a move made to facilitate the acquisition of Manny Machado for sure. What's the impact on a guy like Jose Abreu for for the White Sox making that move? In in your opinion. Um, I mean, position wise and personnel wise, it's kind of fitting. What's the, what's the saying? A, a square peg into a round hole or whatever. Um, cause they're, they're the same player more or less, you know, first base DH type. So how many of those guys do you need? Cause they got a roster full of them already, but, um, I don't know. They can figure that out. Cause even if they do get Machado, assuming they don't go after, you know, big guys after that. They're still only going to win. They're at best 82, 83 games, I'd say, you know, but they're still, they're not a playoff team. So whatever. I mean, get a Bray who is 550 at bats, get Alonzo is 450 at bats and figure it out. But yeah, this was a move made to absolutely, you know, go and make it easier to acquire Machado. Are you going to Sox Fest, Dave? Yeah, uh, I'll be there Saturday. Did you get a pass to it or no? Yeah, I got I got a pass. Oh uh, hell yeah! Were um, you asking press pass or just regular pass? No, nah, I just got a fan pass. Uh-oh. I'm not doing the credentialed shit. Nah, that that's not my style. Nah, I'll, I'll make I'll make my own. Like they, they denied. Well, they said I was gonna get them last year, and then they didn't. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, they they said like, "Hey, yeah, we can we can make this work," and then they're like, "Actually, no, you can't have them." So I was pissed about it because I had shit planned for it. But like, if I, I ever want to, you know, interview a player, past player, or something, I can just get a hold of them myself at this point. I don't need to go through the PR department to do that shit. So. So, Dave, uh, on the topic of Sox Fest, if the Sox don't have this wrapped up by then, uh, what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like there? Just out uh, of your prediction. The, Han 
Ryan, well, Reinsdorf doesn't do anything. Han is great at speaking. He, someone said this the other day, I forget who it was. It was in conversation, but you could have a three hour conversation, that guy, and walk away thinking that you just had the best baseball conversation ever. Like he told you everything. And then a few minutes later, like look back on it and be like, wow, he actually didn't say a word to me. Like he's very, very well groomed <laughs> yeah. at doing that. So if if they don't get Machado and all these rumors are still flying around about, you know, low ball offers, high ball offers, whatever offers there are, he's going to have a lot of questions to answer, but he will nail it because he's good at that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of pissed off people there because they, they've said it themselves like with like indirectly, they've said it themselves. Like they were planning and aiming for this free agent class um, obviously, like Kershaw, um, Kershaw re- are extended with or resigned or whatever with the Dodgers. Jose Fernandez, he would have been a free agent this year. Um, Charlie Blackman, I think, is another name. Yeah, he then he signed an extension. Yeah, it was supposed to be a crazy, crazy big free agent class. Now you got two guys, and their markets have shrunk to the point where, like I said, there's no excuse not to land one of them. And I do think that. Han is working his ass off to make it happen by Stocks Fest. Not so he can save face, but so he doesn't have to, you know, answer to a, a pissed off fan base. Because he doesn't want to deal with that shit. You know, nobody would. Let's talk about the effect this has on the MLB as a whole a little bit, Dave. Um, you know, we're walking the thin line here towards a, a labor strike. Um, yeah. And I think I we all know so. that. What role do the Sox play when they look at this down down the road? What role do they play, and what kind of responsibility do they have to make that a good offer to Machado, or say they're in on Harper, um, in order to avoid something like that? Because I think they have a lot of skin in the game and being good in the potential strike season. You know, we can no, see yeah. 1994 all over again. Why are they playing these fucking games? I I remember like two years ago kind of joking about that like because it was this was starting to happen like two off seasons ago i'm pretty sure uh, you had something on redline about it the cesspitous shit yeah we i think we did uh the cesspitous shit when everybody thought he was going to get a huge deal um and then uh what's his face in kansas city their left fielder who who sucked since he's alex gordon yeah gordon, yeah, gordon. um Everybody thought those guys were going to get crazy deals, and then teams are like, no, we're, we're not doing that anymore. Like, look how every big contract pans out. Rarely do they, you know, work to the team's favor. So, yeah, there, there's going it's, it's to – it's starting to get really ugly, and this is like uh, – what's that movie? The, uh, the – like the fucking end of the world movie. No, I'm just kidding. With John uh, with day who? after tomorrow. Day after no. Day yeah, after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. That's yeah. Like that's what like this is the start of that because I think it's going to get really ugly. The like yeah. the players and the owners are not going to like each other for the for the like next couple years until the CBA expires. It's going to be bad. So yeah. Uh, long story short, yes, the White Sox should hypothetically be right in the thick of their contending window, and yes, there very well could be a labor strike. 
Yeah. So with, you know, the um, big deals and like the team's reluctancy to do that. So we talked about how Corbin was a winner and I actually got a number on that. That was 140 million. Yeah. One Corbin. Yeah. Got. So, um, but so some of these other guys are still available out there. Um, you have any insight or take on a Keuchel, Kimbrell, Adovino, AJ Pollock, Marwin Gonzalez? I know you Adovino. Yeah, a lot of people are saying him. Yeah. Like, I mean, David Robertson signed him with the Sox. Like, what was that four years ago now or whatever? For four years, forty-eight was it? It was some so, ballpark around there. Yeah, something about that. Um, it was a lot of money, and if you can like. He, David Robertson's a really good pitcher. I mean, I know he blew games here and there. He would shit the bed, but he's a really good pitcher. If you could sign out of Vino for something like what Robertson just signed for, which is like two years, $23 million, why the fuck would you not do that? Your bullpen would be loaded, and it would shorten the game for your starting, your young starting pitchers, um, especially if Cease does make it up this year. You don't want you know him throwing 200 innings. So I, I, I'd be all over him. Um, Pollock, he's always hurt, so probably not. He's got a qualifying offer attached to him, too. And then, um, who are the other guys you said? Marwin, uh, Gonzalez, Wade Miley. Yeah, Gonzalez is someone I'd be all because he, he can play every position. Um, I like by the way things look, he won't be that expensive. He's not that old. What is Do you he think he would be a step up from Larry Garcia? Ooh, a little bit. Johnny's yeah. gonna. Okay, just wondering. A little bit. Larry's not bad. He showed some pop last year, but Marlon Gonzalez is a stud. Yeah, like, Larry I, can't, I can't say teach either. All so. fucking day. Mr. Nani over there is a Larry fanboy, so we're I just actually gonna... have his jersey. Oh, Granted, sure knows. I I do like Larry, but he's best suited as a, a utility guy. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I go like I I spend it all. Go after all of them. You know, make it a winner because that's a winning team right there. You know, yeah. especially, so, especially with Cleveland doing with, what they're doing. Exactly, who are also operating like a weird organization right now, trying yeah. to trade Kluber yet still being potential buyers. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't understand what the fuck they're doing. But they always do this shit. We uh, the first time we had one of the one oh eight guys on, they were talking about that too. How they always just kind of are there. Like, they don't really spend too much ever, but they fucking are always just there. I think yeah. the market kind of limits them a little bit, too. Well, obviously, yeah. Anytime you're not in, like, I mean, the White Sox should be fucking pounding this because of the market that they're in. That's what right. I don't understand, why they haven't just gone out and, like, made some other signings outside of acquiring Nova and Herrera and John Jay. Like, there's plenty of names room. out there. Which is interesting because none of those guys got like are going to Sox Fest. Like they didn't even go and get like a star that like the star that they're promoting from their free agent signings and like trades so far is fucking Yonder Alonso. Yeah. None of the other guys are going to Sox Fest. He's like an old DH who's kind of hit a little bit. Like who cares about him? Yeah, like, it's, uh, this it's not a Kenny signing obviously because it had it serves a different purpose, but. Like Yonder Alonso is the exact kind of player Kenny Williams would have gotten as a stopgap to hope they can maybe sneak into the playoffs, you know, four or five, six years ago or whatever. He definitely did that with Adam LaRoche. Yeah, it was, that's <laughs> it's just something like that. Like an older guy who's a vet who's passed his way behind him, which is gross. So, yeah. Dave, what's your take on if the Sox don't land Machado, what are they doing with Alonzo and Jay? I mean, Jay's only on a one-year deal. 
Um, and he is a little bit of an upgrade over what we have in the outfield currently. But, you know, are they going to try and flip yonder or, or are they just going to let this they ride? Should. They should. I mean, at that point, I don't even care to answer the question. Like, no offense to you, obviously, because I just wouldn't care about the team. It'd be a shit team. Eloy, Eloy will be fun to watch because he's just going to rake. But, like, it, you, you can't rely on homegrown talent. You can't do it. Cubs didn't do it. The Astros didn't do it. The Red Sox, Yankees, none of them do it. Like, what teams off the top of your head have ever won a World Series or been consistent players for, for like, the playoffs or the World Series on homegrown talent alone? I mean, the Royals did it, kind of. Um, but even then, they they had like they they extended Gordon. They um, they still they, spent money. Yeah, they they were spending money to you know make sure that that wasn't a fluke. They went to the World Series twice in a row. Obviously, they had to burn it down right away, but like it it just doesn't happen. And Han knows that he said that himself out loud in interviews and everything. So, but yeah, like now is the time to strike. It's not. It's not. It's this year. It's right now. So go and make it happen. Let's let's try and move this into a positive area, Dave. Who do you think is going to be a surprise this year? I think Mikado will take off this year. Um, I Eloy, I don't think will be a surprise because I think the expectation for him to dominate is there, and I think he will dominate. Abreu will be Abreu. He was hurt all last year, but, I mean, he's consistent as can be. Um, Anderson, I, I do love Anderson. Um, he sh- he'll be a 2020 guy. He just improves every year. Yeah, he will get better and better. His hands are great. And everybody's like, oh, we're, if the Sox sign Machado, where's he going to play? It's He's playing third base. Nobody, he's not moving Anderson off shortstop. That's never going to happen. Um, yeah, true that. And then... I don't know. Aside from that, everybody's just whatever, you know. Giolito needs to take a big step. I do like Lopez, but I think his ceiling is kind of limited. I I don't think he'll ever be much better than what he was last year, which was fine. Um, but I don't know. I think their bullpen is actually going to be nasty. It's going to be a really good bullpen, like regardless if they add anybody else or not, because their young arms are awesome. Yeah, we had Sebi Zavala on a couple episodes back, and we had asked him, like, do any of the arms in the White Sox minor league system excite you? Or, well, Tony asked him, I'm not going to steal his thunder. But the, I think he only named relief pitchers. I don't think he named a single starting pitcher. Yeah, that I mean, they got Tyler Johnson, who was in high A last year. Go and watch this guy's uh, tape. He went to South Carolina. It, it, he's got an electrifying arm. Like ninety-seven, a hundred, but it's like it's with life. It explodes. It's like Kopech fastball, and a wipeout slider. He'll be, he'll be great in the back end. I'm guessing he's gonna fly through the system. Um, starting this year, he'll. I wouldn't be surprised if he's up sooner than later. Uh, Hamilton's electric. Um, Birdie will be electric once he's fully healthy. Uh, Jones, obviously, who knows with him? But when he's good, he's good. And then you got two good guys in Colome and. And Herrera, you know, that's a good bullpen right there. And they're lefties. Their lefties are really good. Freer has got a great arm. Yeah, do you think a guy like uh, Jace Fry, like his ceiling was kind of reached last year, or do you think he's going to take a step forward as well? Uh, 
I mean, it's hard to top what he did last year, but exactly. I, he'll he'll dominate left-handed hitting. You know, I don't. He'll never be a closer or anything. I don't think, but um, you need those guys that just come in and shut the door on left-handers. So um, if that's him, that's perfect. You know, you need those guys, and he can be a dominant guy at that. That slider is filthy. Yeah, it's filthy. It really is filthy. It reminds so, me of like it's obviously not the same level. I can't like come like say it's the same, but it reminds it's like flashes of sails, just kind of the way it sweeps across the plate. Yeah, it's it's got more depth to it. I mean, it comes from a higher angle. Sail is more like side to side and horizontal with horizontal action, but as far as like like toughness to hit the pitch it's right up there i would say yeah but yeah the the bullpen will be a bright spot yeah so dave one of my hot topics are people who write nick madrigal in as a starting second baseman on this team as early as this year uh i don't buy it uh maybe i'm wrong but i don't buy that nick madrigal is anywhere near ready to be playing mlb time especially in 2019 i feel like if he's up this year there might be a problem uh, what what's your response to that? What's your projections for him? I would say he's up this year that's awesome because he's flying through the system and he forced his way to the major league team. With that said, I don't think he's going to do that because I don't think he's going to be good enough to do that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't – all right, so a few people told me that And I completely get this. Like, he was exhausted after the College World Series run and everything. And that's kind of why he didn't dominate because he he played in three levels last year. He went to Great Falls, then to Kannapolis, then to Winston-Salem. That's a lot of traveling after a ton of baseball. You know, they won the College World Series. He was probably just mentally drained, you know, wanted to get the season over with, go on vacation for a week, reset, then, you know, come back ready this year. I don't think that he's going to have to hit a lot. And I don't, and I mean like he's going to have to hit like 330 for him to provide really good value. Cause he's not going to hit any home runs. Um, and he's going to have to steal a lot of bases cause he's going to be hitting a ton of singles. So if he can, you know, hit 300 plus and then turn those singles into, into doubles by stealing 35, 40 bases a year. Cool. Do I think he's going to do that? I don't know. I think, Pitchers are going to bust him in on the hands because he's physically not strong enough to, you know, take an inside pitch and turn on it, I guess. I hope he proves me wrong, Um, but I thought he was kind of a stretch at four. I wouldn't have drafted him personally, but I'm not a pro scout. But um, I don't think that he's going to be moving Neil Mikado off second base, no. Well, and that's what I that's what I was kind of hinting at a little bit here is if Nick Madrigal's starting at second base this year, that means Yon Mankata's got a huge problem or he's injured. And I don't think that either of those things are good for the White Sox. See, no, but that, that's what I'm saying. If Madrigal does make it to the Chicago this year, I'd say that's a good thing because he's earned it. Because they don't, I don't think they have any intention of him playing in Chicago this year. But if he is, then he, he's been awesome. Minkata can handle third just fine, or he can, you know, learn center field on the fly. That's all fine. Or but in the in the end I do think he'll end up being trade bait. Uh, who knows? Nick Magical or Yon? No, Magical. 
Yeah, I think that's then, something that we at Shy Sox Weekly have kind of talked about internally is that Magical might be the first guy to go if we're looking to add somebody. I mean, I, I have no idea, though. It, it's a good problem to have, though. Like, you know, some guy's playing so well enough, you can, I mean, flip him for another good prospect for, you know, a pitcher or something. So I have no idea, but but I don't I, – he's, he's, I'd, be, I'd be stunned if he made it to Chicago this year, stunned. But I, honestly, other people haven't, though. Other people think he's just going to absolutely skyrocket through the system, and he's that good of a hitter. So I hope he is. You know, I hope they do have the problem where they they have to figure out where to put Mikata, or if I mean, I'm sure Madrigal can learn center field on the fly, even because he does have wheels. He can run like the wind. So, um, I mean, maybe he's in center field. Who knows? Johnny, I think you and I referenced this the first time you were on Shy Sox Weekly before you came on board was White Sox problems, and White Sox yeah. problems of old were, you know this team's fucking terrible and to be in that situation that Dave's talking about now, you know, trying to figure out where to put people because we have so much talent. I think that's something right. that we yeah. haven't experienced in a long time. Yeah. And, we have not. and I mean, I'm dying for that fucking day to happen because I, I'd, I'd love to see that. I think if you look across town and you look at the, you know, the Cubs and they have trouble trying to slot in guys where they, right. where they need to play they're I trying would, to fit like twenty eight guys onto a twenty five man roster. Right, exactly. Like and every one of them are deserving of being on that twenty five man roster. Yeah. Like they like you look at a guy like Albert O'Mora and fucking that dude should be starting on almost every single team in Major League Baseball. And, and they can't fucking would, figure out how to get him five hundred at bats every year. That's exactly. what I want to see for the fucking White Sox. Exactly. Perfectly said. I mean, I have nothing to add to that. That's it's exactly. Yeah, it'll be nice when we can finally trade from strength because you'll get all these deals right. that, you know, obviously during when you're doing a rebuild, you're acquiring a very large pool of prospects, um, high level prospects. But, you know, you'll get what the Cubs traded um, for Quintana. It's like, you know, I mean, obviously we don't want to give up like, a, um, you know, I I still feel like we got the better of that deal. Love Q, but, you know, Eloy and Cease, uh, I, th- I think those guys will be legit. But, you know, if like Tony had talked about Madrigal possibly being the first one to go, um, I could very well see that. Say we're at a point um, two years from now where we're, we need, you know, pieces that are going to help us win now. That would be, I would say, you know, if, as long as he's progressing at a decent uh, pace, then I, I think he'd for sure be the first one to go. Yeah, and like and like you guys said, it's not a bad problem to have. It's, it's a good problem to have. So um, we'll see. But I do like how we kind of ended that with, you know, the good things that are on the horizon instead of mm-hmm. me and I talking about burning the fucking Comiskey statue to the ground. <laughs> so no, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I think you know we're all. We've all got skin in the game when it comes to the Sox being successful. We like to see what's on the horizon. Dave, one question. Um, you brought up Eloy earlier and how you would burn it to the ground and not go to any games. Would Eloy's debut be the exception for you if that were the case? That they? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't follow, I wouldn't follow through with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make, I wanted I to make sure. Um Honestly, that's going to be a weird dynamic now that I'm full-time at Barcelona because before I just, like, now it's expected. Like, if something happens with your team, you you have to be the first one on that on the internet. Right. Like, like. Season ticket guy? 
What do you mean? Like, are you going to go get season tickets now? No, I'm saying, like, I don't know, like, before, if something, like, I was, okay, so a couple years ago, I was at the game where Shark got in the fight with their Royals. Yep. And I went to the bar after the game, and I that, I think that was a midweek game, but I went out after the game. Like, it was. And then the next day, I blogged it. Like, right now, if that happened, I'd have to be, it'd have to be on the website, like, within five minutes. Okay. And... So I don't know if that dynamic is going to change like that. I can go to as many games as I want now, or if I got to be glued to my TV in case something yeah. happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it would probably, for something like that, it'd probably be easier to be like in your family room watching the game and right. like with your laptop in front of you right. or something I mean, like that. Honestly, regardless if they do sign Machado or not, um, I'm sure I'll go to the same 20-ish games that I've been to. I used to like – in high school and college, I was probably going to like 30 to 40 games a year. I was going to a ton of games. But once I got into like a career and everything, I had to tone it down because, you know, I wasn't – I was waking up at 5 a.m. every day. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll still be at the same 20 games, regardless of Machado or not. That's good to know because uh, I think everybody at uh... – at the park likes your presence there. I know the 108 guys love when you stop by. I love those guys, yeah. Actually, I, randomly, I was at a wedding on, like, the Sunday before New Year's, and who I think it was Wally DM. He's like, hey, do you want to come do the Sunday soak? I'm like, fuck yes, I do. So we're going to do that soon, which will be funny. Hell yeah. All four of our fat or five of our fat <laughs> just chilling in a hot tub in fucking Bridgeport. All right, so let's kind of take a quick step away from the White Sox. Um, we uh, last time we had you on, um, you weren't really working full time for Barstool. Ever since then, you made the transition. So you want to kind of talk a little bit about that and kind of how much, hopefully, fun that's been since you uh, yeah your day job. Uh, so the podcast was doing so like all right. So originally, when we started the podcast, we like we had to prove ourselves that to Barstool that it was worth them endorsing, even though we ourselves were already like, um, for the podcast, like Carl and I, when it was just a baseball podcast, we had to make sure like set schedule comes out same time and same time of the week, every day, um, or same time of the day, every week. And then like just consistency, build up your audience, your downloads and all that then revisit it in a year from now and we did it and they're like yeah your numbers are actually awesome even without our help and like let's turn this into a full sports show so you guys can do it year round because obviously like what what are we going to talk about in the winter for baseball it'd be the same show every week so yeah we've been struggling with that yeah it's we didn't even do a lot of episodes last winter i think we did like two or three like emergency episodes like when like the Cubs signed someone or something. Um, Probably Darvish. Actually, no, that was pretty late, wasn't it? I don't it might have been Darvish, yeah. It was something like that. But uh, the Bears obviously helped us out a lot because, I mean, not that – Eddie Eddie knows his shit inside and out, but it, only having 15, 20 minutes to talk about each team each week, um, it – you know, it makes it harder to talk about the team. So, um, like, once it was a full-time sports show, they're like, yeah, you guys are on You guys are on board. Like, we'll fly out to New York, we'll announce it, we'll put our full social media backing behind it, yada, yada, yada. And the numbers just exploded. So, 
um, there, when we did the pizza reviews, Eddie and I, he poured and was like, all right, do you guys want to go full time? And we're like, yeah. Like, and I, I was making good money at echo. Cause I mean, anybody can make good money in logistics after you work there a few years and tough it out. But so I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, come work for free. So we reached a number that made sense for everybody and started January 1st. And that was kind of it. Do you miss just the baseball show aspect of it though, Dave? I think once the season gets in full swing, we'll, we'll kind of be forced to go to two episodes a week. Like, you know, one off-season football, like training camp, uh, the combine, the draft, all that shit, and then going back to basics and just doing Carl and I for a show a week. So um, that is, I think, what we're probably going to be doing once, you know, mid-February rolls around or whatever. But right now it wouldn't make sense because we're going to talk about the Hawks and the Bulls. It's yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> hey. Johnny and I are big Hawks fans. We we love yeah, Tony, we love Hawks stuff. And hey, we appreciate Chief. Uh, Chief actually, Tony and I also do a Hawks podcast for Feathers. And uh, Dave, I remember when we were tailgating for the Sox Cubs game. Um, we had I talked to you and Chief that day, and we lined Chief up for that. So um, yeah, spot Sox Hawks. Yeah, I mean, I'm I watch the Hawks, but I do not know a single thing about hockey. So. Um, I like your tweets the other night, Dave. You were you were tweeting right along with the Hawks game. I, Everything I was good. I'm running a you know partially a Blackhawks podcast. I don't, I got to know at least what the players' names are, you know. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm working on it, but you know, basketball and hockey are just not my thing. Dave, Football. can we can we line you up for our Hawks podcast for one episode? <laughs> it would it would be really bad for you guys, but sure. <laughs> well, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge basketball guy this year, anyways. Basketball is not my thing. Right I, now. I never really was, to be honest. Yeah. You know, like even if the Bulls were awesome, I wouldn't like make it a point to watch them when they played. But I mean, it was different for the Hawks because the city was so much more fun when the Hawks were good. Like in their Stanley Cup run, you know, I wouldn't miss a single game. And like the triple overtime game against uh, who was it? Nashville. Yeah, Nashville a couple seasons ago when we're all up, like the whole city's up to 1 a.m. on like a Tuesday night. It was just awesome. Like sitting on pins and needles. The Hawk, all right, I will say this NHL playoffs are like the best playoffs in sports, I think. Okay. Every single game's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. But, I love March Madness. I think that's well, my Yeah, March Madness for sure. For sure. Opening weekend, but. Yeah. Oh, can't beat as it. As far as breaking down the game in terms of X's and O's, like I couldn't. Like it's it's another language to me. So, hockey is intense. I think it's one of those sports where you can like just throw it on, and anybody in the room can kind of like at least get into it a little bit because yeah, it's I so fast paced. I agree with that. Yeah, like there's no stoppage in play really. But yeah, I agree with that. I think we can make both parties happy and just take that clip and just insert it into Tony's podcast and just make you the guest for an episode with just that <laughs> info right go. there. So, Dave, I've got another question for you. We've got uh, one guy here who went to a Northwestern game earlier this off, or well, earlier the baseball off season. John, was that basketball or football? It was the Georgia Tech game, ACC Big Ten Challenge. It was so, basketball. He was in a suite and they were serving up free hot dogs, and he decided to go on Twitter and say that he was going to eat a bunch of hot dogs and live tweet it. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't bode it, well. It didn't bode well for him because I think he finished around like four or five. 
No, six or six, right? Six. And Dave, I know you did the nine 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 challenge earlier this year. That was a really fun watch on Twitter when you were doing that. So John wants to redeem himself on a dollar hot dog Wednesday. What are your tips for John if he wants to prepare for the nine 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 challenge? All right, hold on. First of all, I want to ask Dave: Have you been in the Wilson Club yet at Walsh Ryan Arena? The only game I've been to was the very. It was the scrimmage against like the D two team or whatever. That's McKend- all. McKendry or whatever. I think. Yeah, McKendry, right? So I've been there. It's awesome. I have not been in the club yet. No. The Wilson Club is fucking nuts, dude. I think I have a video of it. I'll send it to you on Twitter. But they have like a buffet lined up right when you walk in, and mm-hmm. they they had like a brisket dinner. So I got in line, got like this fat ass fucking plate of a brisket dinner. And then after that, this lady is like cleaning up our plates. And she's like, did you guys happen to see like the nacho and hot dog bar? And I just like look over and there's just like two of those like buffet things yeah. filled with fucking hot dogs with buns on the side. And I'm like, dude, I am crushing a million hot dogs tonight. Let's do it. He's trying so to I make excuses. To, I decided to tweet it. That's my excuse is that I ate a shit ton of food before yeah. That was my mistake, that I ate a ton of food You're before I started eating hot dogs. Like, people – all right, so we had the social, like – because I didn't really plan on doing that. I was going to say, so did, did you eat prior to that? No, I went straight from work there that night. Hungry so, as fuck, I, right? I was starving for one, and right. I got – it was dollar dog night, I remember, but I got hooked up with scout seats. I've only sat in the scout seats twice, and that was one of them. And it's all you can eat and drink for free. And all you do is toss the server like 20 bucks at the end of the night for a tip or whatever. So I had free food for one because I wouldn't be spending, you know, whatever, $100 on hot dogs to do it on my own. So let's get that out of the way. Two, um, I thought you could – because my original plan for it was to – like I was going to eat like four or five hot dogs as fast as I could in like the first and second inning. And then – drink a couple beers as fast as I could and then like pace myself throughout the game. And they're like, no, you can't. It's supposed to be a dollar or a dog and a beer per inning for all nine innings. So the game was going like decently fast from what I remember. It was like a three to two game, like cleanly played game. And I got through like six hot dogs and I like, I wasn't miserable or anything like that whatsoever. It was not hard. Like I thought it was going to be, hard to the point where like i was puking i i could have eaten a couple more i think if i wanted to but (laughs) i wasn't like so full i couldn't move or anything like that so i don't i mean i don't know if if you go to the game hungry it's it's very very doable it's it's not that tough yeah i probably won't even eat until like i start eating the hot dogs at the game which probably won't end up well for me but in in the moment, I'll probably crush a lot of hot dogs. The so. next day, I will say, like, everyone's like, oh, you're shitting your brains out. It was because hot dogs are just straight salt, you know? Yeah. I, like, my whole body felt like, I, I wasn't hungover, but it felt like I was, like, unbelievably hungover. And I, I didn't go out after the game or anything. I just went home and went to bed. So I wasn't, like, drunk, but... Like all the salt, like the next day, I just felt absolutely miserable. This is yeah, what you have to look forward to. Shit. Yeah. I just dehydrated, like my mouth tasted like shit and everything. But no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Anybody could do it. It'll be worth it for the content. We'll figure it out. Dave, for you sure. want? Dave, you want to join John on this journey? Yeah, I'll coach. Okay, you let's up. do it. There yeah, we go. Let's do it. 
I know you ran a marathon, so we'll just treat this like uh, my marathon training, but just yeah. for eating hot dogs. <laughs> so, Dave, are you actually going to run the marathon again this year? Is that what you're training for? I know you. Uh, I think you said you went on the keto diet on Twitter. How's that going? Uh, today was a cheat day, but it's going well. That's <laughs> in New York. I'm good. You heard it here first. Well, football season. I because I I run a lot. I have to, otherwise I'll get fat. I'm not like other people were. Like, they can just eat whatever they want, not exercise, and stay skinny. Like, I put on, like, 20 pounds this this football season. So, I got to get it off. Like, I should usually be about 185 right now. I'm about 200 pounds, which is not good. I'm obviously short as fuck. So, um, as soon as it's just – I don't know. I'm eating healthy right now without doing a lot of exercise. I did go to the gym tonight. Um, it was kind of an in and out thing cause I was tired, but, um, as soon as like March rolls around, I'll start training again. So yeah. How's your alcohol intake, uh, been affected since you started that? I don't drink during the week typically anyway. So it's not, I'm not like doing that just because I'm working at Barcelona. now. It's still work, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, nothing's really changed on that. end as far, but for like the events you're pounding, I don't drink beer though, really. Guys, you have anything else for for Dave? No, yeah, we don't want to keep you all night, Dave. So no, it's good. I'm just about to crawl in and fire up Game of Thrones again. All right, fuck it. Yeah, so Dave, let's just uh, we'll stay in touch and keep the tailgates rolling this year because those were a shit ton of fun last year. Yeah, we'll we'll be do- yeah, and like I said, if we have to boycott the team, then we'll be doing a lot of tailgating. Yeah, you're just sure. sitting in the, in the lot B all all game, the and, entire uh, game, and yeah. throw them back. Yeah, we'll handcuff ourselves to each other. Yeah, we'll stay until they... Yeah, we'll try and move us, bitches. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Dave. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. And uh, most people don't know this because they can't see us, but uh, Dave wore a Northwestern hat. I'm not sure if that was uh, He has to throw this in here. He has to. Yeah, I have to. I have to. I don't know if that was uh, mostly because we're the Cats guys and to piss off Johnny Nani or what, or if it was just part of his wardrobe today. No, he's doing all right tonight. They, were they, up. they beat Minnesota, didn't they? They yeah. smacked them. Yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Other than that, it's go Cats, so. Yep, go Cats. All right. All right, All right. thanks go, again, go, Dave. Go Sox, it. most importantly, though. Yeah. Go yeah. Sox, go Cats. Dave, thanks for coming on. No problem, fellas. I'll catch you soon, all right? All right, see you, Dave. And that was White Sox Dave. Awesome having Dave on for the second time. I think he gave us a lot of good inside information as far as uh, those Machado talks. Um, I'm pretty happy with that. It was good talking to him about uh, John's 999 challenge. I'm really hoping that he'll he'll coach you through that. Uh, guys, anything else before we want to close that out? I mean, Dave pretty much uh, took us through the entire episode there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thanks again to Dave for coming on the second time that he uh, came on. He always has a lot of insight. So uh, we finally clued Dave in that he could swear when he was on our show. So I think he kind of cut back a little bit, which was a little fun, fun to see. So yeah, that was a better Dave episode than we had the first time. Sorry, guys. Last time, <laughs> yeah. full disclosure, we didn't give Dave anything uh, as far as uh, what the rules were, and uh, we told him this time beforehand. So we got a little bit more. Uh, authentic White Sox Dave, which I think was good. Yeah. So um, I did want to talk about one very quick thing, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. Well, we have one more thing that we're going to talk about all together. But one thing that I did want to bring up, I brought it up to Tony earlier, and I promised that I'd bring it up on the show. 
Um, I was introduced to coffee this week. Well, not like introduced. So I have a, a bit of a backstory. But I started drinking coffee because I'm always fucking tired all the time. So I'm just, I just need caffeine. So uh, the backstory on it is when I was like eight years old, I fucking literally um, was given black coffee and told to try it and see if I liked it. And I've never tasted something more disgusting in my entire fucking life. So I never touched coffee again. And uh, I tried coffee for the first time. And Tony was giving me a lot of shit. And I was telling him that uh, basically what I'm alluding to is that I feel like Will Ferrell from Kicking and Screaming. And I don't know, Johnny, if you've seen Kicking and Screaming yeah. before. Yeah, when he goes but nuts d- on the coffee. When he, when he, when, and he goes yeah. into the shop and he's with his kid. And he's like... Uh, He's like, can I get a little bit of the regular and a little bit of the decaffeinated coffee? And the dude just gives him, like, the fucking weirdest look. And he's like, can I get a half-calf? And he's like, it's a half-calf. And he, like, looks at his son. He's like, we're having a half-calf. And his, like, kid, <laughs> yeah. and his, yeah. like, kid looks up at the dude and he's like, we're, we're having a half-calf. And the dude's like, nice. Or he says some shit. He's like, you know, he's like, yay. <laughs> it's so Honestly, if- so that's how I feel. Like, I went to the Starbucks the other day and just, like, I just get way too excited and I don't know shit. So Tony was like, have you ever actually had a Frappuccino? I don't know. There's just a bunch of drinks that I need to try that I've never tried. So I feel like Will Ferrell from Kicking and Screaming. So we'll run a Twitter poll on it, but uh, we'll, we'll pick your drinks for, like, a week straight. But, yeah. um, Johnny, are you... Are you a caffeine drinker? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. love coffee. Uh, I was going to ask John, I was like, where have you been your whole life? But then I guess that story makes sense. I just don't know how you didn't get into it uh, sooner. But I drink I never had. A, I never Nothing. had a need to. Oh, yeah. I, I just, laptop just died. So we lost John. His laptop died. But uh, Johnny and I will close this out. John is on a caffeine high. He's gone at this point. Johnny, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, all I was going to say is I just drink straight black coffee. I love it. Drink at least two cups every day, I would say. So so I used to be a coffee guy. I've since moved over to Red Bull. Um, had a little stint with Monster for a little bit, but uh, uh, coffee just doesn't do it for me. I wind up in the bathroom. Uh, okay. Don't, Understandable. Don't like that. John's back. Oh, John's back. Did he find the, I don't he know. Found the charger? No, I I don't know what the fuck just happened. I don't want to talk about it. So we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, <laughs> I'll let you finish saying whatever you were saying, but we're getting there. No, I was I was talking about the fact that like we're happy that you finally discovered like the world's most known drug, which is caffeine. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I never really had a need for it. So that was what I was about to say. And then my, I thought my laptop died, but the screen just went black. It was kind of weird. Well, and the funniest, um, the funniest part about this, John, was I haven't seen you smile as much during like these episodes as I have tonight. And I know that there was no other reason for your smile than the caffeine in your system. No, man, it was because we had an awesome guest in White Sox Dave. And I, I don't think that we were recording on shy socks weekly but i think johnny might have been recording like the camera part but there's a part where i was like peeing or something when dave came and i came back and saw him wearing a northwestern hat and i got like super excited in the background and i was like oh yeah let's fucking go dave i don't know so you might be able to have the audio from that but other than that i just i've been in a good mood uh the last couple days so life's been decent Ever since he found you know, Ever since I know we're going to be in a real good mood. Um, next when? Friday, the twenty fifth. 
There we go. <laughs> That's Ooh. basically what we've been trying to get to for yeah. the last. Yeah, let's remind months. everybody what's happening on Friday the twenty fifth. Yeah, so the Sox Fest after party uh, is hosted by Sox Machine and from the one hundred eight. It's at uh, Buffalo Wings and Rings, um, four blocks west of the rate. Uh, it's at thirty fifth and Halstead. Uh, from 7 to 12 a.m. Like I said, that's Friday, January 25th, that first night of SoxFest. Um, so there is a shuttle. We just want to fill in the details here. There's a shuttle from SoxFest to the bar there, Buffalo Wings and Rings. Um, there's a trivia contest there, roundtable discussion. Um, it'll be Sox Machine from the 108, us, and uh, development isn't linear. Shy Sox 2727 on Twitter. Um, so that's going to be a great time, boys. I know we're all planning on being there. Tony and I will probably ride up together. Uh, John, I think you're bringing Zimmer down. Yeah, I believe so. I haven't really, we, uh, he's not a hundred percent, but he should be gone. And then I think my girlfriend's going to my other buddy was going to go, but he bailed. So I might have an extra, uh, pass to get in, which is actually big time if that's true. So yeah, it, it is sold out so that, um, you know, all the R I mean, it didn't cost anything, but all those RSVPs are already taken up. So, uh, John may be posting something on Twitter to, uh, you know, I won't know until, yeah, I won't know until probably like next Monday. So early next week, if I do have an extra pack pass to the Sox West after party, I'll let you guys know. And it's, I have it in my wallet on my iPhone. So if you have like an iPhone, I could literally just send it to you. It'll be easy. So we'll figure it out. But yeah. Awesome stuff. I'm thoroughly looking forward to that night. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, time. well, not even that, but I haven't seen you guys like in person, and I feel like forever. So it'll be nice to actually see you guys too. Yeah, it was probably like August at the ballpark. I, I was gonna say Suarez. The, la- the last time for all the listeners that Suarez and I actually saw each other was Copac Day. Let's put that into perspective. Was yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, we haven't seen each other since August. It's gonna be a pretty damn good night, I think, for the Shy Sox Weekly Boys. It should be. So, Absolutely. Uh, we do have. We might be having a uh, another episode coming out um, later on in the week. Uh, we'll figure out more details about that, and then we'll keep you guys posted. But other than that, um, until then, go White Sox. Sign Manny Machado, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Go White Sox. Go White Sox.